Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. It is Brewers Outlet Day. That's right, Friday. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, and the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, anything to calm Matt down on a sports weekend. <laughs> we are developing concerns. <laughs> no? I do need to stock up. Believe me, America needs you to stock up. <laughs> 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 All at Brewer's Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous new inventory. And not only that, but great pre owned inventory. So how are you doing today? Doing all right? Just going to make sure, you know, before we get the show started, whether you're okay. I'm good. Kind of tough waking up every day wondering if, you know, what you're going to bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that my NFL team's not in the main spotlight today. It's the Texans. <sighs> Look, I, I, you know, first of all, let's start with a couple things, okay? It's, it's not just, like, the Texans obviously have struggled big time here. With uh, Look, they lose Hopkins. Now they're going to lose Watt. They lost Kalani. Watson says he wants out. Uh, I still say he is a Houston Texan when this is all said and done um, because I just don't think they can afford to lose him. Sometimes it's that simple. You have... You know, it's interesting in watching Watson. Let's just take the college part of it for a moment. Then I'll get back to, to Watt. Okay. I'll get back to that in a moment. You look in college at what Watson did. And you look in college at what Trevor Lawrence did. There's something about Watson that when the cards were on the table, I thought he performed incredibly. In fact, I think he he played better than Lawrence. Something about Watson that just always impresses me. And I think in some ways, I think what he did at Clemson was more impressive than what Lawrence did. That's me. That game against Alabama, to me, is going to live forever as to one of the great games that we've seen because 
He took a pounding in that game and kept getting up and kept getting up, and then he wore Alabama down. They ended up running 99 plays in that game. Now back to Watt, okay, because I think they'll keep Watson. Watt has, and this isn't his fault, but Watt's had a lot of injuries. He has lost a lot along the way. There'll be somebody that wants him, but not at the price maybe he wants. Meanwhile, Marquise Pouncey has uh, decided, along with his twin brother, to retire. Marquise Pouncey is in the category to me, and I actually saw an article today about relating his name to the Hall of Fame. I was like, I don't know about that. What's interesting about that is that Pouncey, to me, is a very good NFL player. Now, do you know what it means to be a very good NFL player? And to me, you know, look. There are only five people that are let in. Only five. And look at this particular year. Alan Fanica got in. But who else got in? How about three names first time in the ballot? That hasn't happened in a long time. Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning. There are going to be more names coming up all the time. There are going to be some people that are deserving, like a John Lynch and a an Alan Fanica, that are waiting around. I don't think Pouncey's going to make it. Maybe on the Veterans Committee, but I don't think he's going to make it. In fact, in my opinion, my opinion, in the history of the Steelers, he's the fourth best center they've had. Mike Webster... Dermody Dawson. I think even Ray Mansfield was better. And if you're telling me, let's just take the Steelers for a moment. If you're telling me between Pouncey, this is just Steelers now, Pouncey, Andy Russell, Elsie Greenwood. I put Andy Russell in first. I put Elsie Greenwood in second, and then I put Pouncing in because I think Andy Russell and Elsie Greenwood were better players at their positions. That's me. I am not putting down in any way, shape, or form zero. Marquise Pouncy as a football player zero. He, I mean, do you know how good you have to be to get there? He and his twin brother came out of poverty and, and were able to get themselves to this point. You know how good they had to be to do that? You had to be really good to do that. Really good. To get to the Hall of Fame when there's only five that they let in at a time? You have to be elite. That's why there's different levels to this. Okay, that's to me different levels to this. (laughs) 
And Ed Bouchette did write the right article, by the way. He was very fair, rating him the whole deal. It's fine. And Ed would be the one that probably would have to be the, the presenter once his name comes up in five years, should he make it through all the cuts. But that's part of it. Um, let's get to another one, too. The NFL, believe it or not, is very, very close to announcing their um, TV deals. Do not expect much change or movement. Here is what is holding up the NFL from announcing it. Three words. Thursday night football. Everything else, from what I understand, is settled. CBS, Fox, NBC, everything else seems to be settled right now. Also, Sunday ticket isn't settled. Not much is going to change with the core rights. Thursday's the one they're having trouble with. Jabari Young from CNBC reports that the deal would be done if it not for Thursday night. Quote, one of the individuals suggested part of the holdup to finalizing a new agreement is the NFL finding a new home for Thursday night football, which Fox currently holds but could drop the deal when it ends in 2023. There's speculation a streaming service such as Amazon could bid for the package. But with Fox, CBS, and NBC no longer interested in simulcasting the game on a third-party streaming service, Amazon would have to find another partner to produce the game. Enter ESPN. ESPN might be the one that helps out with, with it not being offered on ESPN, but instead offering it on ABC. But by putting it on ABC, remember, if ESPN texts it, what are they doing? They're putting it on ABC to compete against ESPN+. (laughs) They said if it was not for Thursday night, they would have had all their TV packages finalized in December. Now, if they could take, obviously, Thursday Night Football, that would then open the door for ABC maybe getting into the rotation for the Super Bowl. They want to get the new TV. The other part, too, is direct TV. Sunday ticket. It looks like direct TV is going to give up, at least offering it exclusively. But that's a different story. Now, what I don't understand in all this, Steve, is if ESPN wants to bring ABC back into the conversation, why don't they put Monday Night Football back? It is on ABC. Well, it's not exclusively, but they are carrying Monday Night Football on ABC. Why don't they do that exclusively for just Monday Night Football? Then you put Thursday night on ESPN, and then you can do the online thing, because not a lot of well, people have ESPN. Well, guess what Thursday is simulcast on? It's NFL Network. 
ESPN's competitor. That's true. You know what I'm saying? See, there, there's the there's the rub. Now, why does ESPN want badly to keep um, Showtime announces 90-minute documentary about the Super Bowl halftime show with the weekend? Oh, I can't wait to watch that. All right, uh, <laughs> that I won't be watching, but anyway. Uh, but here's the issue that you have for ESPN and all this. I just mentioned that part of it. But I think it's the key to getting them into getting the Super Bowl. Um, oh, no question. And I think Thursday's the only way to do it, and they can't they can't do it with Monday Night Football. They can't. Uh, Monday. The reason Monday Night Football is on ESPN and not exclusively on ABC. If you're paying two billion dollars. A year. Now that two billion, by the way, includes the rights. About four hundred million of it. Four hundred million of it. It gives them exclusive rights to all the highlights. And ESPN does how many different NFL shows where they need those when they need those highlights? That's where four hundred million of it actually is. That it's actually it's one point nine billion four hundred. A uh, million of it goes to carry all the highlights that they want anytime they want. 1.5 uh, billions for the games. The extra 100 billion is to do a playoff game. All right, so that's that's the basic breakdown for ESPN. But they want to be able to charge subscriber fees. So because they want to charge subscriber fees, they don't want to put the college football playoff on ABC, and they don't want to put Monday Night Football, I mean exclusively. They don't want to exclusively put the college football playoff on ABC, which it isn't even on to begin with, and they don't want to exclusively put Monday Night Football on ABC because they need to have it on ESPN for the subscriber fees. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's why I'm here. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, which Matt sounds like he needs to stock up right now. In fact, why don't you have the suit takeover and you just make a run over? <laughs> I can see about that. That'd be great. Now, remember, if you're going to go over, though, uh, he does have an order, and it's a rather extensive one. Because the suit is kind of like the player who really thinks he's playing hard and the coach knows differently. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you, the other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I have sat down with the McNair family, and I have asked them for my release, and we have mutually agreed to part ways at this time. The city of Houston has been unbelievable to me. It's where I met my wife. It's where I've met lifelong friends and my teammates, people on the streets, people in restaurants and grocery stores and showing up in my house. The connection is special, and I will never, ever take that for granted because I know how rare it is. And a note from the McNair family. Good luck. Okay. I don't know what that means. That was all he wrote. Good luck. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, he put together, for the most part, a great career there. But the last few years, in fact, really, since he won the MVP award, he's been hurt. Such a large chunk of the time he's been hurt. He is going to be, when his name comes up, when, you know, we just talking about the Hall of Fame, uh, he's going to be an interesting case. Because there's no doubt when he played at full strength, he was great. But he hasn't played a lot at full strength in recent years. He's actually coming off maybe his weakest year. Oh, well. This offseason got a whole heck of a lot more interesting now. Well, with him, I mean, he's a situational player, Matt. He's not a, I mean, he'll be a big name that goes someplace, but he'll be a situational player. He's not going to be a game changer for you. Yeah, he'll be a good piece for, he'll be like that piece that helps you get over the top for a contender that can add, if you have pieces already in place on your defensive line, like a Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh. Well, for example, if you're Tampa Bay, okay, let's start with Tampa Bay. Their odds are they're going to lose Shaq Barrett. There you go. So they're going to need somebody. Obviously, having all the Watts in one city at one time is intriguing. Meaning Pittsburgh, of course. And he could possibly fill the need for Bud Dupree if they can't come to an agreement. Yeah, but he's a different kind of player than Bud Dupree. He's not. He doesn't really play positionally. Bud Dupree is more of a stand-up end. J.J. Watt is not. See, there's a couple of things that come into play here. It's not as it's not as simple as that. I mean, Green Bay could be a landing spot. Los Angeles with the Rams could be a landing spot. Sealers Grove. No, they don't have a franchise. Ward 4, because everybody wants to move to Ward 4. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. It is Brewers Outlet Day. In fact, uh, getting to feel like every day for Matt is Brewers Outlet Day, but that's a different topic, different day. <laughs> it depends on the day, honestly. One day for Matt, it's imports. The next day, it's domestics. 
Some days it's microbrews. Just depends on how angry the Eagles make him. They also have wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. Like we have a little more snow rolling in to the area. Maybe you want to stock up. How about Maybe all next week? <laughs> it sounds like next week is going to be... Awful? Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be interesting. <laughs> You'll, well, I'll need a lot of Brewers Outlet next week. Believe me, you've needed it all month. Have you <laughs> listened to the tapes of the show? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I also need Brewers Outlet for? The Daytona 500 on Sunday. There is nothing like realizing that the first person to make 800 successful left turns wins. <laughs> It is amazing how the popularity of that sport has gone down. 20 years ago, you know, obviously Dan Earnhardt was was alive, well, and dominating. But that was the hot sport going, and, you know, did everybody think it could be sustained? Uh, maybe not, but it wouldn't, but it was going to be right there and keep its numbers pretty high hasn't happened it really has fallen dramatically in a lot of ways uh, but and I, I say that with no glee just at all it's not how I operate here uh, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio Sunbury Motors Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, Penn State was supposed to wrestle Iowa tonight. That's been postponed because of COVID tests in the Iowa program. Penn State is now going to face Michigan coming up on Sunday. Now, I believe they have announced it's 11 a.m. on Sunday. I now understand that it's going to be 10.30 on Sunday. I just want to make sure that uh, people, I think BTN's carrying it, I believe. And here's the bottom line on that. It's going to be in Ann Arbor. Remember, they were supposed to do, remember how Dick from Milton called in and asked, what are they going to do about the tri-meet? And I said, well, I said, they'll probably separate it and they'll at least wrestle individually, which it turned out they did. They ended up going to Wisconsin wrestling that. Now they've made up for this because there are some holes in the schedule. Here's the important factor about wrestling Michigan this weekend. Is A, it's the makeup. Okay, it's fine. But B, remember, it's going to be the fourth dual meet of the year, which means the vast majority of the Penn State lineup will have the four minimum bouts that they need to qualify for the NCAAs. Now, obviously, you want it more. You want to keep wrestling. But just keep that in mind. It, it, anybody that wrestles, the vast, the, uh, there'll be some exhibitions, but the vast majority of individuals who will wrestle on Sunday will end up getting to the four-bout minimum. That's important. 
So that means it's open for wrestlers to be considered for wild cards if need be. You had to have at least four to be considered as a wild card. And I know right now it's the, they listed at 11. My understanding is it might go at 1030. So just beware of that because I don't want somebody tuning in at 11 o'clock going, uh, why did they already have three of them done? Because you know, I'm hearing 1030 as a change. Like they went with 11, but then they bumped it back even more to 1030. I want to make sure. All right. Sam Tarkini joins us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Welcome back, sir. Great to have you with us. Oh, my pleasure, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? All good. All good. No complaints, uh, except we don't have hockey in Philadelphia. We we won't have it for a while. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Thursday, but, uh, you know, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's start with Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall, of course, goes to Pittsburgh. What's interesting is that it wasn't just Hextall. They also hired Brian Burke. I mean, the thought process, they were going to fill the GM spot but not have that spot. Well, they have them both. Based on your experience with Ron Hextall, are the imprints of what Ron Hextall did in Philadelphia apparent with what they're doing today on the ice? Oh, there's no question, Steve. I mean, uh, yeah, his fingerprints are all, all over this team. I think there's 11 or 12 players that uh, you know he drafted uh, that are on this team and and uh, you know some of them in the later rounds like a like an Oscar Lindblom and uh, he did he did a tremendous job because to me he was in cap hell when he when he took over the job from from Paul Holmgren and uh, and not only that the uh, farm system was really at the bottom or very close to the bottom in the NHL so he rebuilt the farm system and uh, he got rid of the cap misery it, it took him some time but the fruits of his labor you're, you're seeing right now he I would say he only did so-so in his trades right. he wasn't great in his trades and uh, you know he wasn't perfect but uh, you know if I had to grade him for what he did I would probably give him like a B plus I think he uh, he did a lot more good than bad and, and as I said in, in today's NHL the way to be successful is by drafting and, and you don't have to pay the players as much, of course, in their entry-level deals. And, and uh, you know, that that's what he did. And, and uh, a lot of people complain that he took too much time. And, and uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were upset when they saw the Vegas Golden Knights get to the Stanley Cup final <laughs> yes. in the first year. And they said, hey, heck, he's been here four years and we yeah. haven't done that. Well, there were a lot of circumstances there and a lot of advantages in that uh, expansion draft, as you well know. Yeah. And I don't hold that again against Hextall. And uh, and some people, you know, that some of the cynics say he took too long before he brought the players up. Well, you know, I kind of agree with the philosophy that I'd rather bring a prospect up, you know, a little late than too early where maybe you hurt his confidence and maybe – uh, the guy gets in some bad habits and, and becomes disillusioned. And and uh, and the other thing, it, it's kind of a misnomer. People say, well, Carter Hart wouldn't have been here, you know, if, if Hextall was the general manager. That's not true because at that time, that was the year of eight goalies. They set a dubious NHL record because of injuries mostly mm-hmm. uh, by using eight goalies. And at the time that he was fired, uh, Alex Lyon came down with an injury and, and – 
they they would have called hard up even if Hextel was still here. But the timing of it made it look like, oh, you know, because Chuck Fletcher's here, they brought up right. Hart. Well, that, you know, it, it was just the timing of the situation, and Hart would have been here with Hextall, too. But you know, as I said, the bottom line is Pittsburgh's getting a, a, a real good general manager and, and, and a guy who I think will uh, uh, will get the Penguins back on track. And by the way, I, I've always I've always agreed with I'd rather play a guy a game too late than a game too early. I've always felt that way for the exact reason Sammy talked about. Uh, yep. And you know when you when you talk to Hextall in the years he was there, what did he prioritize? In other words, what was you know what's the first couple of things he wanted to accomplish to then allow that some of the other dominoes to fall into place? Well, the first thing he wanted to do was uh, you know to draft the right players, and he and Chris Pryor, who I, I assume will end up in Pittsburgh, he was uh, the draft guru. And, uh, you know, he oversaw uh, the draft and, and did a great job. And him and uh, Hextel were kind of connected at the hip. And, and that was the first thing. They, he prioritized the draft and the development of prospects. And he thought everything would fall in place. And, uh, and it does, because once you have prospects and you start filtering them into your team, you know, then you start to have some cap space. And he, he would trade off, you know, some of the guys he traded, it's, it's amazing. He traded Chris Pronger, who had already retired, right. and you know to get out of some cap hell, and he got some prospects. He traded Luke Shen. Some guys he traded, it, it seemed impossible to trade, but he got rid of contracts, and he added draft picks. It, it seemed like most draft years uh, with him here, instead of having seven picks, they ended up with like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. He stockpiled draft picks. That was another thing that, you know, that he always wanted to do, and, and uh you know, he was not afraid to trade a veteran, you know, for prospects or for draft picks. And a great example is Braden Shen. He traded Shen, who was probably in his prime at the time, and uh, got two number one picks. One turned out to be Morgan Frost. The other turned out to be Joel Farabee. And uh, I think in the long term, that's going to be a trade that the Flyers um, yeah, will like. Uh, even right now, Joel Farabee is one of their top young players on the team, he's probably going to, uh, in a normal season, he probably would be headed for 20, 25 goals this year. He's even above that pace right now. And Morgan Frost is going to be a, he's, he's their number one prospect that's not on the team. Unfortunately, he separated his shoulders, probably out for the year. And then yesterday, uh, he was added to their COVID-19 list. So, um, but that just gives you an example that the type of trade he was not afraid to do even though Shen was uh, a high-quality player. and um, I think in the long run, though, Flyer fans will like that trade. All right, so he takes over a roster in Pittsburgh that has a core group that is 33-34. I'm talking about Crosby, Malkin, and Chris Letang. When you look at that, as somebody who knows the game as well as you do, all three of them have had great careers, Crosby being the best of the group. What, does that put Hextall in an interesting dilemma with the three of them? Not Crosby, but Malkin and Latang in particular. Yeah, as you mentioned, Crosby's the face of the team, and I'd, I'd be really surprised if he was ever, never, you know, ever traded. But I guess you never say never. Uh, Malkin, even Malkin, I would be surprised if he was traded. Latang is a different story, and I would not be surprised if he's even traded this year to try to generate, you know like we talked about, some uh, draft picks and, and stockpile draft picks and 
And wouldn't it be something if he was traded to the Flyers? <laughs> right. You know, because they could use a veteran defenseman, and yep. you know, um, it, it would be, you know, he would probably get a couple draft picks for him. And uh, I do expect Tang to get traded, uh, you know, at some point this year. Um, you know, if the Penguins are out of it, and they're they're a borderline playoff team. Um, you know, they had a big win last night over the Islanders, and to me, that's the team they're going to fight with for that final spot in the East Division. But you're right, it, it is a difficult situation because those three players are beloved in Pittsburgh. But I think the fans, you know, nowadays they realize that, hey, you know, if you can build for the future, you have to, you know, you have to know when to say goodbye. That's right. Yeah, and you don't, like you said before, you don't want to wait. Uh, if you wait too long before you trade these guys and get nothing, you know, then, then you hear it from the fans, you know, why didn't you trade this guy last year? So, um, you know, that's the situation he's in. And uh, to me, even Malkin, you know, if, if he's overwhelmed by uh, a trade offer and, Ma- and another team feels like Malkin's a guy, you know, that can put them over the top in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, um, maybe maybe he goes too. So uh, it, it, it is an interesting dilemma. But I, I, I think that uh, uh, Hexel will end up having the support of the fans because they know he's building for the future. Right. Uh, you mentioned how the Flyers are on pause right now. Uh, they've been playing well. Uh, what are they? I'm watching. I, I I talked to Joe Lenardi earlier today, and I said Michigan's interesting because obviously they've kind of cruised their way to a 13 and one. They've been playing, but they haven't played in three weeks. Nobody knows what they're going to see. Is that the the, the concern in Philadelphia? Like, what's the first week going to be like back from this thing? Yeah, that's uh, that is the concern, and you don't even know. I mean, they're going to be playing their first game in eleven days if they even play Thursday. Right. Uh, right now, they have five players on the COVID nineteen list, and the new list comes out at about five o'clock today. Right now, they're scheduled to practice Monday, but if that list includes two or three more names today, then that becomes doubtful. And uh, I talked to Danny Briere about this yesterday, and the former flyer and he's you know i never had to wait uh as long as it looks like they're gonna have to wait between games he <laughs> excuse me he, he compared it to uh when the olympics were going on and sometimes you right. would practice for maybe a week or something but it, but when you came back he said you had six or seven practices to get ready for the season the flyers are not gonna you know have that when the season restarts as it is now they're scheduled to practice monday uh, and Tuesday and then uh, and and Wednesday they probably will practice all three days so up three days of practice before they face the Rangers on Thursday but you know if if there are more players on the COVID list today then Monday's practice um, becomes problematic and and maybe Tuesday's up in the air and and who knows how many practices you have and and, and of course the NHL has a major problem because they're running out of time yes you know, they, they wanted to uh, – I think May 9th is the date they wanted to end the regular season and start the playoffs. Uh, I believe it's May 12th. Uh, and that was with an asterisk because they, they said they could delay it and add games at the end of the year. And uh, But even with that, I mean, there are teams right now that have six makeup games. The Flyers have four makeup games they have to reschedule. Some teams have six already. And that becomes a problem unless you play three days in a row, which, you know, the NHL Player Association, I would think, 
they would waive that. You know, you can't do that now, but I think they would give the league permission. You know, that's not definite, but, you know, it just crazy times. And uh, I think they would be understandable that. But do you really want to do that and risk injuries? I mean, it's different playing three NHL games on three consecutive nights than it is, say, playing baseball three straight days. I mean, uh, uh, the wear and tear on your body is just an awful lot. And uh, I think you'd see a lot of players in the taxi squad get in yeah. maybe that third game. But, uh, yeah, there are a lot of things up in the air, Steve. No question about it. Which, uh, and I'll leave this as the final question, but there's another element, too. You mentioned trying to wrap up by May 9th. It's, what, a 56-game season. And I, I've likened this to – we'll take it in a, in a small scale here. But when you're playing nine-inning – a nine-inning baseball game, you're sitting there in the fifth or sixth inning, okay, where are we going here? But when you get into the seven-inning doubleheaders, of which I've done a few in, in my career, suddenly in the third or fourth inning, you're, you're, the team you're broadcasting is behind. The pressure is greater because there's not as much time. Well, the same thing in this, the 56-game season. What's the pressure just, you know, just to, not only to get back, but also they got to keep winning because you don't have the extra, what, uh, 26 games? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. And, uh, yeah, the Flyers right now, uh, they're 8-3-2. and two. They played 13 games, so it's I think it's like uh, 22%, something like that. And their next game will be the exact – quarter pole right and uh you know which is funny 14 games is 25 percent of your season and it, it's like they just got started and they're already you know a quarter of the way through so you're right every game is magnified and that pressure does get to you and uh and there's no wild cards this year that's another added pressure the top four teams you know in each division will make it but there's no extra teams there's no wild cards so it, it you know the margin for error is very very slim and uh to me, it actually makes the season more exciting than a drawn-out 82-game season, and it, and it does make. I think it's good that the games are magnified. Uh, maybe it's not good on the players and the pressure, but for from a, a you know a viewership standpoint, it's great because of the extra magnitude. And uh, you know, I I I really love a 56-game season. But now, you know, as you hint it, there's a chance they won't even get to 56, and I'd be surprised if every team got to 56 and I, I think what the league is going to have to do is do what they did last year and go with points percentage instead of points because of a team you know say the Devils or Buffalo teams that have not played as many games so far and if they're hit again it's going to be almost impossible to play 56 um, and let's just say they end up playing 50 and uh, other teams play 54 or 55 so obviously it's uh, it's not fair to go by points, so you would do what they did last year and go by points percentage, and that's fine as long as you know ahead of time, you know what the rules are. Always great to talk with you. I really appreciate it very much, Sam. Same here, Steve. Have a good day. You- Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you and thank you for your years of patronage. 